0: Silver's up 1.5% now, was up almost 2%. I want you to expect rolling short squeezes now, not massive short squeezes, but rolling squeezes. And that's because the CTAs are about to get their asses handed to them in silver. Good morning, I'm Vince Lancey, and this is the Arcadia Economic Silver Fix. It is 9.30 Monday morning, and we will be broadcasting this about 1 p.m. your time so good afternoon uh to the arcadia uh people and uh we're going to talk about three things to prepare you for the week i think that's the best way to look at it today uh first will be silver which we actually discussed in gold fix we discussed it on sunday at length i'm going to give you a synopsis of what we talked about there uh, which has led to the market doing what it's doing right now i can't believe it happened so quickly um The second thing we'll talk about is the this is Fed Week and what we can expect from that. Uh, And the third thing will be uh, an update on the Middle East war, a perspective that you probably don't get. It's very market oriented perspective. Okay, so let's start with silver. During times of war and times of overseas crisis, sometimes financial, you will see the fund, the macroeconomic type funds, the funds that are hedging. Uh, political outcome, economic outcome, financial risk. You will see those types of funds allocate eventually after getting their asses handed to them, you will see them eventually allocate money to gold. And they will also, because they believe they're very clever, and sometimes they are clever, they will allocate money into another precious metal in order to mitigate economic risk. So the trade that we all know about is gold versus copper, right? I'm buying gold and I'm selling copper because I believe there's going to be a recession. I'm buying gold. I'm selling copper because I believe there is a war. I mean, I see that there's a war, right? And uh, those trades generally work out for them. Sometimes, more often than not, especially in the last three years or so, They're viewing silver as a much more economic metal. And in doing that, they're putting on gold silver spreads. We saw it last year. We saw it last year three different times. We're seeing it again this year. And this year is rather stubborn, meaning they shorted silver. They bought gold. Gold rallied. They shorted silver and bought gold again. So you have three layers of people getting into this market. What does that mean? Well, it means... That they are of the mind that silver is not precious and that it is industrial. And while its industrial use has increased over the years, with you know solar and uh, solar panels and silver and EVs and what have you uh, and phones, it hasn't decreased in, in 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 investment. It's just increased in industrial. So it's it's an additional demand, and so they buy gold sometimes. And they sell silver almost always when they buy gold now. And they think that that's a hedge. And eventually, they lose money. Now, it's hard to, it's hard to time when they will lose this money. Usually, I'm pretty good at that. This year, uh, my timing was too good, meaning I didn't think it would happen yet. Uh, but here we are. It's a day later, and it's happened. So what are we looking at here? Here's, here's some visuals to give you an idea what I'm talking about. This is where it comes from. I'm worried, I'm long stocks and I'm worried about the economy during this war. And so the CTAs, which are commodity guys, not equity guys, they're not trading equity futures, they're trading commodity futures. And they say, well, let's sell an economic metal, copper, aluminum, zinc, nickel, look at those red rectangles, it's ridiculous, right? And they've made money doing that, guys. They make money selling copper. They make money selling aluminum, selling nickel. They make money doing that because they sell those things. And even if they don't lose money, they make money because they're long stocks. Then you have another layer of people during a war that'll say, well, not only do we want to sell an economic metal, but we want to buy a precious metal. And that precious metal would be gold because of a war, because of a financial crisis. Now, typically what these guys do is, they'll buy gold and they'll also sell something else. They'll sell copper, right? Predominantly, historically, they'd sell copper. That'll give them the least amount of risk. In terms of, that'll give them the most separation. Economic, you know, this is purely economic and this is purely precious. And then they, the smart ones ignore silver, uh, but there's a lot of people that aren't smart out there. And those people will sell silver as a hedge for gold. Now, if you look at the histograms again this week, You'll see that leading into the war, before the war and during the war, the funds, the CTA funds were actually, on the left-hand side here, short gold, but they covered, they covered, they had that massive cover on Friday, right? And now the market is up here, and now, that they're, now they're net long. Let's look at what they did in silver during that time. They were short, right, down here, histograms down there, markets there, they covered, they kicked them out again. Who are they? Well, that's the guys that are getting along gold are kicking some silver out. They kick it out. Look at these little jagged edges here. Kick it out, cover, kick it out, cover. Kick. Now the market didn't really hurt them. It was kind of very linear and normal. But on Friday, this came out and that's a rather steep spike. Now it's not as big as it was in the beginning, but you shouldn't expect it to get that big, but it's bigger than almost every other one. And given the rally in gold, uh, and the increase in gold open interest, I'm telling you, every one of those longs in gold is short silver. All those new longs have shorted silver. And what ends up happening is, they sell silver because it works for copper. And here's why they lose so often, because it's precious. If I said this before, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. People tend that tend to look at silver as an industrial metal Think that it's substituted as an industrial metal for precious. It is not. The demand for the industrial demand for silver is on top of the precious demand, and the precious demand for silver is going up. China is an example of that. They may be pulling silver off the market to put it into solar panels, but they're also pulling silver off the market to invest in it because the people taking delivery of it are involved in the investment game, not just the solar panel game. Anyway, um, what we talked about then was, what we talked about yesterday was, it takes time to make silver rally. And frankly, you know, just to go back to this again, this is pretty big. And what I mean by big is it's pretty persistent. They're being stubborn this year. And it seems like the more gold rallies, the more they buy gold and sell silver. So you're going to see during wartime, gold rally, silver rally, but not as pronounced as it normally does, and then it'll get to a point, and for some reason, they'll get freaked out, and they'll cover. They could be freaking out because at the end of the year, they could be freaking out because the war is getting worse, et cetera, et cetera, but here you have it. Silver's up 1.5% now, was up almost 2%. I want you to expect rolling short squeezes now, not massive short squeezes, but rolling squeezes, and that's because the CTAs are about to get their asses handed to them in silver. They should just stick to shorting copper. Silver is historically used to call it the devil's metal. And you can understand why if you're a CTA who likes to play short. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the Fed. This is Fed week, right? Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm gonna tell you what it means. Normally it's more uncertain. So I'm gonna give you some certainty futures completely believe the fed will not raise rates on wednesday the odds of fed funds remaining five and a quarter to five percent are 98 percent. the other two percent is for a cut okay so unless there's an event not a data point unless there's an event that changes their mind they will not change their mind that's their baseline okay so the next part of wednesday's speech will be uh, will they be dovish or hawkish right well You don't know that, but you know this, the market is right now discounting them to be more dovish than hawkish. And the reason for that is because September's dot plot, September's rate projections last month pointed to one more hike before the end of the year. Fine, okay? But the futures market, the the market that is guessing if they will or will not hike, has saying that there's less than a 20% chance of that actually happening. So the market wants a dovish speech, If he gives a dove speech, the market could could rally, the market could stabilize. But if he gives a a, a hawkish speech, which I don't think he will, but if he gives a hawkish speech, uh, the market will probably take it very poorly. Okay, so as I say there, if Powell talks tough, that would likely be a mistake. All right. So for 2024, looking ahead, just getting it out of the way, there's a 40% chance of a hike, but we don't put too much credence in that because the market has frequently been wrong more than 90 days out. All right, so bottom line on the Fed, during times of chaos, Middle East war, Ukraine war, and especially with people more and more concerned about a recession, the Fed must not add uncertainty. It must project more stability than normal. Therefore, we believe, and I actually hope this, the Fed will continue to pause for as long as necessary, given the problems elsewhere. If you're having a hard time agreeing with that, just think of it this way. If you're pal or you're on the Fed board, you're saying, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Leave it alone. Right. The second thing is, and, and this is, this is, I think the outlier, but I'd like to see this Powell should start publicly addressing the treasury markets, long bond uh, yield rally. Uh, while it would be foolish to make public opinions known. We think it's this We're you don't say words like worried. You say things like we're keeping an eye on it. Steady as she goes. We're being very careful because you don't want to add to the uncertainty. Okay. So, even if they aren't certain, you don't add you don't say things like that guy did last week. We're not, we're puzzled. You don't, you don't say that. That's like saying, I'm not sure. You don't say I'm not sure, All right. That could start a big move in bonds the other way. So what could start? Uh, if they project stability, the bond market could start rallying. I have no position on I watched short bonds and long gold for months. And then I got long bonds and I got out. Uh, I'm considering getting long bonds again, but it's just a trade. It's not a wedding. Let's move on to the Middle East tensions. You're going to start seeing in the news, especially on social media, you're going to start seeing the U.S. is sending more troops and uh, Missiles are being fired. And uh, you're going to look at the markets. You're going to say, well, does that make or not make sense? And you'll look at the news and you'll look at the markets with equal footing. I don't want you to look at it that way. I want you to look at the markets as the news and the news as what they want you to see. I'm not saying they're lying, but I'm saying, yes, there are troops going in there. Yes, missiles are being fired. What's gold doing? It's down 10 bucks. Well, why is that? Because the market is telling you the market is right. The market is telling you that it believes what's going on will end the problem or add stability to the region. Now, the market could change its mind, but you have to understand Going into Friday, gold rallied, you know, a billion dollars, right? Silver rally, you know, a half a billion dollars. And it did that because on Fridays during wartime, you have a contingency. You have a, you have a, I need to buy before the weekend. I'm worried about, uh, I'm worried about the world ending. And then on Mondays, if the world doesn't end, you should have a sell off. But think about it. Over the weekend, all we had F 16 jets firing, we had missiles going in. Well, yeah, but the market came off. The market doesn't care about that the market cares about what's going forward there's another thing going forward and i'm not putting too much weight on it but israel was going to go full boat into gaza and they seem to have not and it's almost like they're uh taking advice not advice is not the right word uh but they're uh they're in agreement with the us that they shouldn't go whole hog in there and uh uh, they're going more tactical. And the market likes that as well. So I'm going to leave you with this in terms of looking at interpreting future events. Look at the markets. Don't look at the headlines, first thing, right? Maybe the headlines are true, but look at how the market cares about them. Second thing I want to leave you with on that is historically, and this is new, historically, when you look at the Middle East, the wild card is Iran. The stability is the U.S., Okay. We may be seeing a situation in the Middle East now where Iran is still the wild card, obviously, right? But we may be seeing a situation where Israel is perceived as a little bit of a wild card now, too, when they were going to go into Gaza full blown And they still may do that by the end of this conversation, right? Uh, when they were going to go into Gaza, everyone was like, oh, crap, you know, this is, you know, Netanyahu's off the chain. Uh, but now that we're sending more troops there, we're sending a lot of people there. I mean, I want you to look at the, the, the Marines that we're sending there, uh, all the, the flotillas go, those are walls. And if you shoot one of those people, you got a problem. And then it becomes a big deal. Uh, although I wouldn't say it's world war three deal. Uh, it's pretty serious. The fact that Israel is working with the U S at least ostensibly, uh, says that we're in for a little bit more peace now what does that mean for gold well it means that gold should come off what does that mean for silver well that's what it means for silver so in peace if peace breaks out gold will get slammed and silver will be sticky but eventually sell off but in chronic war like this right silver will have these violent spikes while gold does nothing that's what's going on i'm vince It's 9.45, and uh, I'm probably going to be buying some physical next week, just so you know that. So I'm actually hoping for it to go down, not up. Well, anyway, have a great day, right? CTAs, don't leave home without them.
1: Well, thank you, Vince, as always, for this week's update. Always great to get his insight every Monday as we look at the shifts in the trends and what's happening in gold and silver, especially as we exit the sell season and head towards buy season. So hope you found that one helpful at home. And before we wrap up, would like to thank First Majestic Silver, who brought us today's show. And recently announced that as of the end of their third quarter production numbers, they do remain on track to meet their production guidance of 26.2 to 27.8 million ounces of silver. And so far on the year, they've come in with 20.2 million ounces silver equivalent, which comes on the back of 7.6 million ounces of silver, 152, 336 ounces of gold which was driven largely by higher silver equivalent production in their Mexican operations, where they had 2.5 million ounces of silver, 46,324 ounces of gold for an equivalent production of 6.3 million silver equivalent ounces in the quarter. First Majestic is set to release their earnings and dividend announcement on November 2nd, so coming up in just a few days. And Again, we thank First Majestic for bringing us today's show. Hope you're doing well out there, and I will see you again tomorrow.